Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode. Uh, today's episode in- is entitled What Makeup Masks, but I need to put a very strong trigger warning on this episode. Uh, this episode does discuss mental health, mental health disorders, as well as suicide, suicide attempts, um, and everything sort of within that sphere. If you are under 18, I would highly recommend listening to this episode with a supportive parent or guardian. Um, and if you are triggered by anything within this episode please reach out to a trusted professional ideally but anyone it is better to reach out to someone than nobody um, but wherever possible we would encourage you to reach out to a trusted professional that said I hope you get loads from this incredible episode Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry with your host Jessica Barkley Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. This is an episode I have wanted to do for quite some time. Dion and I on the team have been discussing this quite a lot over the last, I'm going to say like 12 months, like even before Dion joined the team, I think Dion and I discussed this. And And it was one of those things where the Dig Deep and Debate episodes, I kind of need the right person to land in my lap. And this lovely lady we're going to be speaking to today, she didn't land in my lap as much as an article that she was featured in landed on my Facebook wall, which was really weird because we had never met. And the magazine it was in, I did not follow. Mm. Facebook was listening to what was going on in my head that I needed the right person for this interview. Um, So thank you so much for being here. Um, Could you kick off and tell us um, who you are, the pageant that you've got coming up, um, and a little bit about yourself, like how did you get into pageantry? Of course. Um, My name is Elle Celine. I'm 31 years old, and I'm a finalist in Miss Great Britain 2021. I first got into pageants fully back in 2020. I The first pageant I ever actually um, was in was, was Miss Great Britain in 2020, this just, just last year. I keep forgetting 2020 happened. It's uh, shocking that, isn't it? Um, I applied in 2019. Before that, I've always wanted to do pageants, but I never thought I was good enough, actually. Um, I've always watched them and I've always admired the girls who are doing them. And I decided to bite the bullet in 2019 and apply for Miss Great Britain. Luckily, it's a pageant that's very inclusive and very open to different women, different shapes and sizes. And that for me was something that actually sold it for me. I thought, you know what, this pageant has the same morals as me, the same um, outlook as me, and I want to join. When I entered Miss, uh, Miss Great Britain in 2019, I, I hadn't really figured out much about myself. I knew I wanted to challenge myself. But when I did enter the pageant, I was given the judges um, a version of me that I thought they wanted to see, if that makes sense, a version of me that I thought was an image that um, that a pageant girl should be. And 
I had a great time. I had an amazing time. I met some really lovely people and everyone was brilliant. It was a celebration of all women and I felt really empowered. But I left feeling like I hadn't given them me, if that makes sense. I hadn't given them L. So when the lockdown hit in 2020, it was a really shocking year for everybody. It was very different. Uh, Nobody expected anything like that. But for me, the lockdown personally really gave me some time to really think about myself and think about what I really wanted in my life. So when that sort of pressure, I guess, for myself as a young woman left, which was, you know, get up, show up, make up, I was finding myself really, well, by myself, And I didn't have that validation from others that I maybe had before to tell me that I was good enough, to tell me that I looked good. You know, as a young person, I looked for that validation from others all the time. I never asked myself what I thought. Um, And it was the same with the pageant. I thought, okay, I need the judge's validation. I need this, I need that. But I never asked myself, do I like that? Do I want to be doing that? And, you know, then the next uh, time Ms. Great Britain came along and there was time to sign up, I signed up in April 2020. And then I believe it was probably around the summer where I was like I'm going to do this makeup free because in that time that I had the lockdown when the lockdown slowly started ending in 2021 in that time I I, I actually found out so much about myself I had so many home truths come out I had so many things that I hadn't realized that was an issue in myself and having that time to really reflect on that and having that time to just be quiet in myself and listen to the voice in in myself which was saying look you need to do this. You need to sort that out. You need, you know, I came out a different person. I honestly don't recognize the person I was before that. Even my friends and family have, have commented saying, you're so much more confident and so much more happy in yourself. And obviously it, it depends on the environment you're in and all of that as well. And luckily I'm in a really good relationship at the moment. I've got a good environment around me. I've got good friends, but, you know, going into the pageant this time, I decided actually, this is who I am. This is how I felt. And maybe there's somebody else who needs my story to feel good about themselves and needs that story to feel good enough to do pageants themselves and even just go to the shops without makeup or have that choice. My movement is about choice and it's about change for the next generation. It's not saying, oh, you shouldn't wear makeup as a woman. It's saying you have a choice to do what you want to do as a woman. And you hear so much in the media, even outside of makeup, you know, the things that are going on in Texas, the things that happened to Sarah Everhart. And, you know, there's so many other women that you hear about that get, you know, assaulted or worse. And this is a woman's choice to wear what she wants to wear, to go where she wants to go and to be okay with that. And society needs to do better for us women. It needs to do better for men as well, of course. Um, I'm all for equal rights, equal rights for everyone, absolutely. But I feel like in the media and in society in itself, women are victim blamed, we're shamed, we're branded attention seekers. We're never gonna be good enough in the media, I feel. You know, you had that whole thing about the young ladies in um, Norway who wore shorts, just like the men, to play volleyball. And they all got fined. And I was absolutely shocked. You know, this movement runs deeper than just the two days of the finals in Miss Great Britain, which are uh, 16th and 17th of September. I'm so excited. Um, it, It runs deeper than that. It's about this is 2021. We have women in the world that can't do anything. They are subject to a man almost as a slave and they're objectified. And then you've got the media, you've got the likes of Britney Spears, the likes of Amy Winehouse. We've seen it in our generation. You know, I was born 1990, so we've seen it with Diana in 97. You know, all my life, I've seen women being ridiculed, women being objectified. And 
you put up on a pad a pedestal and then you brought down into the de- into the dumps because because you're a woman and you're wearing something you know these magazines are body shaming women with a bit more cellulite with a bit more meat on their bones or the opposite they're body shaming young women who are thin or too thin in their eyes and it's just you just can't win and to stand on this platform Miss Great Britain they have the same morals as me they have the same values as me and say you know what women have a choice this pageant is the revolution it's the new age you know this is it you know this is what a pageant's about you yourself um being involved in pageants you know that nowadays it's not about what you look like it's about who you are inside and it's about what you bring to that table and all the women who are in the pageant there's 11 of us that are finalists I'm sure you've probably met some of them they're great all of them have their own story and their own power all of them have that uniqueness to them that they're bringing to the competition and it is a celebration of women and we need to do more of that not just for ourselves but also for other people and the next generation because there's apps out there online that can change a girl's face in an instant or or a man's face and at first I think it was a bit of fun on Snapchat but then it got to the point where young women are changing the way they look and are not happy with how they look in reality because they feel like these filters are what they should look like and nobody is telling anybody that you are good enough as you are you are worthy of your uniqueness your uniqueness is not a flaw and you've got suicide rates are high at the moment I'm also a mental health worker and a lot of the suicide rates are young women who have body dysmorphia and low self-esteem and by the time people realize that this is going on it's too late because no one is having these discussions me having this discussion with you today might save somebody's life it's as you know it's as straightforward as that um, I will stop now because I have gone on. Uh, please, please oh, I just, no, I'm just like sitting here, like lapping it all up because this, I think we become afraid of having these serious conversations yeah, that definitely. are actually really important. And I love that you've yeah. taken it to like that level of it could actually save someone's life. This isn't just about, oh, but I, I don't want to wear makeup and I don't want to wear makeup. Like, it's, it's not a it's so much more important than that and there's lots of these conversations that I've like tried to have through pageantry um because that's the platform that I've got that's the the the, um the audience that I've got and that through offering advice and offering fun stories and being authentically me have gained this level of trust yeah and then I try to have the more serious conversations like oh whoa no no we don't we don't want that here this is like this is just meant to be sparkly this is just meant to be fun and it's like yeah yeah but is it really fun if we get to the point where we're doing damage and I do think there are areas of pageantry and that are preaching that they are one thing and are being very much the other Mm. but aren't willing to discuss it and they're not willing to have these conversations and the trying to turn pageant girls into um influencers I really don't like the term influencer we are all influencers I influence my four-year-old every day I influence my partner every day you think he'd be a flexitarian if I hadn't said I want to go vegan like do you think that I'm I we all just influence every day but this like term this idolization of the influencer I find really really dangerous absolutely it's that there are, and obviously I'm, I work in the health and, well, you might not know this, but I work in the health and fitness industry for work. Um, and we yeah. see it again a lot there. You will have, people will trust 
an influencer that's sharing their workouts over a qualified, insured professional that has spent time and effort gaining their qualifications and then feeds their information, as opposed to an influencer that may have put their workout together from Pinterest or Mm -hmm. like bits and pieces that they've seen elsewhere online that they don't know where they've come from. It is terrifying as a, from the health and fitness industry that we are seeing people doing that. I then see, and I imagine the makeup artists feel the same way when they see some of the things that influencers do that they then call makeup. And I've seen some, like when you've got proper professional makeup artists, yeah. um, watch videos from influencers doing makeup and things like that. And it's, um, the conversation sparked with me and Dion um, originally was, do these girls really know what their actual faces look like? Like I, I will be completely honest. I have, um, I was the generation, um, not far ahead of you, but um, generation where we plucked our eyebrows into those tiny little thin lines. I was that generation too. So, and mine did not recover, which is really really ironic because um, I have PCOS, so I get weird hair in lots of places. I get um, um, like upper lip. I basically get hair where men get hair. Um, yeah. I've had to have it all lasered and things like that through through choices. Like a, that's a whole other story. In fact, if you want to know more about that, if you're going, oh, I didn't realize PCOS and that was a thing, or I struggle with that. And um, Chanel, who's part of the team, has her own podcast. Um, and I did a get with a with a friend of hers, and I was their guest, and we talked all about PCOS and the facial hair issue beside like connected to that um so go hunt down chenille and and get the link to her podcast um about that if you're interested in that i'll pop it in the show notes for this as well because it's a whole separate long conversation oh, um, yeah. with like yeah women have hair is just nuts particularly when you have a medical issue that increases oh the- yeah absolutely this it's that whole thing again isn't it it's the choice of the woman you know some women, yeah. women leave their armpits or leg hair that should that should just be normalized but then you see people in the street going oh my god and it's a personal choice for a woman to wear makeup and to shave and Mm -hmm. but we're meant we're made to think that it's actually a part of our hygiene and if you don't do that you're not clean do you know what I mean yeah no and that's just not on (laughs) yeah so I go I go into that from the PCOS standpoint in that podcast we'll keep that kind of like separate but I'm and I've talked when we've had um, like people on talking about procedures and stuff like that. And I'm very honest, but because I've got like massive gaps missing in my eyebrows if I don't get them tattooed. And yeah. I can't be asked to draw them on all the time. They're about two years past their infills. I'm sort of glancing at the mirror now. So there's weird little mm-hmm. faded bits coming through. I might stick a bit of pencil in them now and again. Um, yeah. Had I not destroyed them probably wouldn't bother like my my kid has got the most epic eyebrows like I have full-on eyebrow envy from her and I t- tell her regularly you never do your own eyebrows never touch your eyebrows like <laughs> do not do it don't do it they look amazing like don't do what my did and destroy them um so there are bits and then I've like had issues with my skin basically for the few bits I get done there's yeah. a backstory and more and more I want to tell the backstory behind each bit instead of just presenting myself as I am and being like, oh yeah, this is all natural. No, it's not. It's not all natural. But it becomes very, it becomes really hard to explain the reason behind each one, each thing you did, because like you said, it's that personal choice. Um, and there might be additional issues behind there that play into it. Like I had really bad skin. Um, I've been on like two, I've had like two rounds of Aracutane um, and I've got scarring and things like that. That isn't 
that isn't the bit of me that I necessarily want to present to the world all the time yeah. and like there's there's like a whole different tricky juggle in there and um, that means that we need to find this balance of being able to say you can go completely starkers makeup why well you can go completely starkers if you want to obviously there's certain laws around that but <laughs> but but also being okay for you to want to do the bits that yeah do but be very clear with yourself why like really understand why you want to yeah that's it have those bits done yeah that's exactly what I did in lockdown I said to myself why am I doing this am I doing it for me or am I doing it because I want someone else to tell me I look good what Joe blogs down the street thinks of me or you should not matter and I think that's one thing that online and on social media, you know, our generation, we were lucky because we didn't have social media shoved in our faces. Nowadays, it's everywhere. And it's all about get that look, look like this. And the beauty industry is, as you know, our generation was plucking our eyebrows and, you know, really thin hair and those those um, highlights that were like blocks. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, I mean, I mean, that's old school. That's, you know, authentic. But I had them. I had them. Me too. Um, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's so ever-changing that if we change our appearance to the point of no recognition because one day someone else on TV told us to or we felt like that's what we needed to do, some, for some people, there is no going back. And I think with with that in mind, I will always say this because I'm all about choice and I'm may, I cannot stress that enough. If somebody wants to do that for themselves, or more power to you, 100%. But if you're doing it because you feel like you will be more accepted in society then you know and I think I think this sort of starts actually from a young age I think at schools they really need to get you know support and lessons in body confidence uh, beauty beauty uh, positivity from a young age because then if you're you know you don't you don't just wake up one day as an infant and go oh, I want to look like this person you have to learn it from somewhere and if you're being influenced and if you're let's say somebody is being bullied and they're not being told in school that everyone's beautiful I, I had this similar situation when I was at school. I was a little bit bigger. And I again, I had quite a bit more hair on my body. And nobody ever told me that that was okay. I was being told that it wasn't. And that was so damaging for me. I, I remember wearing makeup when I was 13. And I remember wearing foundation that was lighter than my skin tone, which probably looked ridiculous because my arms and legs were probably darker and my skin, my face wasn't because I wanted to fit in with the other girls and I wanted to be part of, you know, the clique. And it's so sad because darker, I'm olive skin, darker skin is beautiful, lighter skin is also beautiful. And I was never told by any of my teachers or in any of my classes that everyone is beautiful. We never got that support to say that we were okay as we are. It was always, if you don't look a certain way, forget it, you know? And that's, and it's still going on now, you know, it is still going on now. And it's just these conversations that we're having I'll say it again, are really important. And this is one of the reasons I'm doing it because we need to have these conversations. We need to start opening up about this and discussing this because if I help one person through this, this stand on, on Miss Great Britain, then that to me is more important than opening at Wembley Stadium because that person maybe was like me when I was in school and needed someone like me. And that's all I want to be is somebody that I needed when I was a kid because I know how difficult it was and how horrible it was not having someone to tell me that it was okay you know we grew up in that era where it was sort of flat stomachs 
you know, top of the pops, all of that. And as cool as it was, mental health wasn't really discussed back then. It was a bit more of a taboo, wasn't it? Nobody really discussed their vulnerabilities. Oh, we, didn't know, we didn't know what it was. Um, no, exactly. No. I've I've spoken before when we did the dig deep and debate on the LGBTQ plus. Um, I spoke yeah. there that I'm I'm a survivor of teen suicide. Um, yeah. and it just wasn't. We had a counsellor at school. I went to private. And yes. so goodness knows what would have happened to me because they did try me in state. I started in state because my dyslexia had to be moved to private on grants. At junior school, yes. they tried to put me back into the state system. Um, and it, it's very, you can't, it's very hard it's a, if you brought up a kid in one education format and yes. then you try and shove them back in. And it was a particularly not great school. It was the best one in Dorset at the time. And goodness knows what the rest were like. But even I as a kid was like, this is horrendous. Like, where are have you thrown me and um, and like my my everything my mental health I now know in hindsight my mental health my physical health and my education all absolutely plummeted and I was only there for a year and a term yeah. so goodness knows what happened if I'd continued in that That's school true. there was no oh. one no one looking out for you whatsoever no, and, and then I moved to on grants again into back into the private system and we had a school counsellor um Mm. and I mean I can straight away picture at least four of my friends that I know had um had mental health issues Mm. um that they were whether they were seeing her or seeing someone offside that they were dealing with so I'm sure there were a whole heap load more um that we were starting to come through I think we were the year we're like the era of MSN messenger I was that year. I think, yeah, Facebook. Facebook came in. I think sick form for me. Like it just had appeared. Oh yeah, I'm thirty-one. MySpace then. Sorry, go on. Uh, My yeah, MySpace. It was MySpace for sick form, and um, yeah, people were just coming on Facebook when I first started my first like proper job. See, I think we might be the same age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like a couple of years, a couple of years between us. Yeah, um, yeah I think so because I, I was the same, the same, year, like similar. That uh, Facebook was just coming through. MSN was where it was at. Um, MySpace, yeah. Uh, as a musician, I had MySpace. Um, I don't think I ever had my own picture as my, my MySpace profile. It was already, it was already creeping in them. I think I used to go and get um, like pictures of. Um, I definitely remember at least once. I'm sure I did this more than once. The um, Anne Summers website, <laughs> the pictures where they had bob pants, but the bum, full coverage bum. I wasn't putting a thong picture up and claiming it was me, but like a full coverage bum and um, pants with like a funky design on. That would be my profile picture. I definitely did that at least once. I'm pretty sure more than that. Um, oh. Because I was really conscious that I had no butt. I've got no hips and no butts. I've got a belly and no hips and no butts. And um, it just like literally trousers used to fall off me. It was, um, <laughs> there's a lot of squats gone into keeping my trousers up basically. <laughs> um, and it, because it was obviously the thing I was most funny about, that, yeah. was, that was the picture I went and put up there. So it, it was already like creeping in them with like the girls' magazines. I still remember at junior school, um, like the sugar... I think we just started to pull out towards the end of June. My junior school went up to year eight. So it's about year oh, no, seven. not Sugar Babes. Sugar, the um, magazine. Sorry, I'll, sugar, I'll, I'll Yeah, no. Oh, I love Sugar Babes. Um, <laughs> sugar Babes is like, they, the first Sugar Babes was really good. And then they started bringing in people that were generic, pretty, and swapping out the more interesting people. I remember that. Anyway, sorry, Carrie. Yeah, no, I remember no, the like, like Sugar and More magazine that had... That was, 
yeah a lot of miss but more some more had a lot more sexual content in it it had like the yeah. position of the month in and we oh, were wow. already starting to like want this magazine at like 12 and 13 which is so wrong mm. so wrong on so many yeah. levels and the fact that we were able to get hold of it was so wrong yeah. on so many levels like we were just <laughs> oh, we were like here you've hit puberty you are now a sexual being enjoy being mm. like <laughs> objectified for the rest of your life bye <laughs> yeah it was just not and um, and that I mean that's that I guess what is one of the sides of it is yeah what, what does makeup do I mean the title of this episode is what what makeup masks and it's like but what does makeup do it we talk about it making us more beautiful, but more beautiful for who? We talk about it making us more attractive, but then we start leaning into well, more attractive. Being attractive is about attracting a mate, which mm. in human things is like sexual and sexy. Obviously, in the animal kingdom is very, very different, but um, <laughs> we're not animals. Um and you've got these very young girls fully contouring their faces, adding so many years to yeah. how they look. Um, and that should never justify inappropriate behaviour from any... I was about to say inappropriate male behaviour, but I'm going to say inappropriate behaviour from either gender towards mm-hmm. said person that's put on makeup. Um, but it's it does lead into that that conversation of who are we trying to please with it be it um I guess you've got social media likes and these young girls wanting to become influencers not really understanding what that is and what that means and then sort of leaning into this over sexualization of women in general um it's who who are we? That's what I guess would be my question for you. Who are we? Who are we pleasing with the makeup? Like why why has it got so bad? Who are we pleasing? Well, that's a very good question. I mean, I think some people definitely do do it for themselves because they're like, you know, I want to do this for me. But I feel like we have been as young women definitely we have been told that from Disney, I think, to some extent, we've been told that we sit and look pretty, the man is the hero, we are the damsel in distress, and we're pretty, we're, you know, with unrealistic body types from, you know, go, you know, even, what was it, Sleeping Beauty, you know, that kind of thing. It was, it was embedded in us that... Where were her internal organs? Like, I've always wondered, (laughs) where were her internal organs? Exactly, exactly. It was showing that the woman was never, you know, it only came out later that the woman was the hero and didn't need the man. But, you know, it was almost like that was that was it, you know, that the women looked pretty and were vulnerable and were quite fragile looking. And the man was the hero and the saviour. It never told us you can save yourself. You don't need to do this. You know, it never showed, you know, a woman just existing and just having fun. And I think especially in the media as well, it was you know, even back in the day when we were younger, it was women were more objectified possibly because they these discussions were just not a thing and no one was rebelling against that. You know, obviously there was there was the um a lot of movements, but a lot of people it was all sort of brushed under the carpet quite a bit. Now more people are discussing it and more people are realizing why those movements had to happen in the first place. You, do you know what I mean? Because we were so brainwashed when we were younger, we didn't realise why all of this was going on, why these people were rebelling against the system. We thought, oh, you know, these are just you know, angry feminists. When you think of a feminist, do you think of someone angry and, you know, 
do you know what I mean? I'm a feminist and I believe in equal rights for all. That's what a feminist is in my eyes. It's equal rights and fighting for women's rights as well to make them equal. And I think now that we're having these discussions and we're more open about these discussions, people are realising actually that these things had to happen back in the day for us to then realise what's going on now. You know, I mean, it was, you know, women in the workplace when I was younger, even now somewhat, are, why aren't you wearing makeup? Oh, you look tired. Oh, um, you would you would sell you know I've been told before didn't if want you, to glam up to that did you didn't want to get dressed up today well that's it and it's also for me as a musician I got told once um, this was years ago this maybe 2012 I got told oh um, this this gentleman who was at a gig that I was playing at said oh your music's great but you would sell more records if you wore less clothes and wore more makeup and as a young person I was only 22 and I remember feeling so deflated and going oh my god maybe I need to do this maybe you know and in my head because I was young, and I'm not saying I know everything now because I really don't. I'm still, you know, relatively young. I'm 31. Back then, I thought I knew a lot more than I do now. And I'm sure I'll think that in 10 years time. But back then, because I was younger and I didn't know who I was when I was younger, I do know now more so who I am. But when I was that age, 22, I really didn't know who I was. And for someone to say that, it almost felt like an attack on my artistry and my music when it shouldn't have been. I should have just gone, you know, sod you. I don't really care. But at the time I remember thinking, Oh God, what if I need to do this to sell my record? What, you know, and it was that horrible realization of maybe I'm not good enough to be an artist, a pop star or whatever. And I remember when I was younger, I used to say, Oh, I don't, I can't make it in music because I don't look like a pop star. And that was kind of sad because I was, you know, enjoying making music and at the time I remember I was making probably making music for the wrong reasons and now again during lockdown I decided actually I want to do music for myself a bit like I want to just wear what I want to wear for myself it was the similar realization of actually I don't need this person to validate me and I don't need this person to tell me my craft is amazing I if I think it's amazing that should be good enough and I know I'm going off off the off the mark a little bit here but, but it's so interlinked, this whole movement that I'm doing and everything that's going on around every, at the moment, it's so interlinked with this whole situation that we're in. And, you know, I could talk about this for hours, but it's, but it's just so, it's so sad that something like me doing Miss Great Britain Makeup Free isn't normal. Does that make sense? It, it yeah, should. No, completely, I, remember, completely. I remember looking at some of the comments. I, sh- I know I really shouldn't look at comments from trolls, but I saw one that was just like, why is this news? And in my head, I thought, yeah, they've got a point. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it needs to be. because That's it's it. That's it. Yeah. And, it, and with all this going on in the world, like it, it shouldn't be. There are a lot of things going on in the world which are absolutely horrible at the moment. But because we've got to this point where these discussions haven't been had and people aren't being open about it, it like you said, it has to be because... If, if we leave this next generation as it is, it's not going to be good. It's it, Honestly, it's going to be, I don't think we realise actually what, how da- da- damaging and dangerous it's going to be. Mm. Because it's only just going to get worse if we don't try and stop this, you know. Like, do I, we even know what their faces look like? Is, is Exactly, that's it. That's it really it's, sticks in my mind with this, yeah. with the amount of, like, don't get me wrong, I've, I, I do love getting my makeup done. It will be an absolute pinnacle of a busy year uh six times a year yeah and on top of that I may do my own makeup maybe another six times like that is that's that's it's that's its peak and I like I said I get my eyebrows tattooed 
because they've got massive ball patches, but they are two years behind their infills. Because you, if anyone doesn't know, permanent makeup ain't that permanent. And mm-hmm. lots of money to get it done. But the lady I go to is in central London. And I'm just, because of COVID, I wasn't willing to go in. And now I've moved out of London. So I might have to rethink who I go to. Um, but the the other thing I do quite like getting done is my eyelashes. Because I can't put I can't put the strips on. Like, I'm just not going to bother. If I've got to glue them on myself, it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, um, when I'm, this is really weird. When I have the extensions on, I don't fiddle with my eyelashes. And yeah. one of my nervous twitches with my anxiety is pulling at my eyelashes. Oh, I pull out my hair sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, I, uh, I'll sit there and like, and like pull out my eyelashes. If I've got my, the individual extensions on, I don't yeah. do it. And also I find that it lifts my face enough that I can get away without putting makeup on. Nice. Um, and I don't, because I don't want to. Um, my skin doesn't like it. I've had problems with my skin for years, for like my, well, since I was 11. I um, started getting really bad acne from 11. I've um, had two rounds of Rakutane. I don't want to be caking on loads of stuff. And to that, the fact that I've now gone vegan and vegan makeup apparently sucks. Um, <laughs> and so I'm not buying anything new. I'm just going to use up what's left, which isn't perfect because some of it's mac which is tested on animals and stuff like this and that i just i'm kind of done i'm kind of done with it as well i've i really enjoyed not feeling like i had to put it on in lockdown like i wear my mask a lot still and and it's great because no one can know that half my face hasn't got anything on either way. Like, and as long as I've got my eyelash extensions on and a mask on, like no one knows. But why am I still got this little inkling in my head going, but why does it matter if they know? It's like, weird again. It's, it's weird. It's, it, yeah, I think, I think it runs deep. Uh, it runs deep. And I don't know if this is the appropriate platform to have that discussion on on air but I do think it comes from mental health issue mm-hmm. uh, do you know what I mean I think I'm, I'm the same I've suffered with mental health all my life and a lot of my mental health comes from ha- being ridiculed and you know just then I, I felt like you were kind of validating stuff to me and I thought you don't need to do you don't need to validate anything to me you know if that's what you want to do you go ahead and do that if that's what makes you feel good you know and it obviously helps you for for health reasons as well with your anxiety you know that's amazing that having those eyelashes in I had that with extensions when I used to pull my hair out I put extensions in and I didn't want to do it. And it does come from seeing a different image in the mirror. That's not yours. I do feel that that's the case. I'm the same with my nails. My nails is another one of my anxiety. And yeah, I've got mine you as well. My mental health and me on there. I, I'm a complete open book. I'll tell anyone my labor story and go Amazing. into details. But that, that's the thing. And I think that's what it comes from. And I think because we're able to have these open discussions about mental health and about that sort of thing, um, you know, my, mine comes from trauma anxiety and trauma and it just it's just as an adult there's some so there's a part of me that is still in child mode and do you know what I mean and it comes from the bully it comes from ridicule it comes from that and like yourself I find myself sometimes validating myself to a complete stranger or like you know validating my options and it's just like I shouldn't need to do that and Mm -hmm. because in this society we felt like we have to do you know what I mean it just this whole thing is just so deep and interlinking into itself that yeah, yeah it- <laughs> it's a very fine line though isn't there between um, because like you've got this platform that you're talking and you you've got amazing press of it I've got things like and um, like pageant land that I speak through yeah. where it's 
we're not always validated. Sometimes we are explaining ourselves. So when we have got the other, vo- the the other people are listening in, and we're saying, yeah. Yeah, "I do do this, but this is why." That yeah. might not not be the why you do it, but trying to get people to really dig deep into the why they do all these like yeah. different things. And, and it's like the um, there's a there's too much of it on within pageantry at the moment. Yeah, there's these amazing women that have incredible platforms or they really stand for something and when they're putting their social media pictures up they are just putting up a pretty picture and then there's like a couple of heart emojis or a quote that doesn't in any way relate oh geez louise the quotes um (laughs) pretty picture fully made up pretty picture up with some quote um from a social media purpose, they're not putting any hashtags and any call to action, which is actually how you grow a valid social media. Well, two of the many things that you need to do to grow a valid social media. Um, and then loads of, but a few friends will comment, oh, great, oh, you look amazing, oh, well done for posting this picture of you. Like, and I'm like, what? Like, we are, we are validating the insecurities of this yeah. person that she is only worth a pretty picture and a quote of someone else's quote. That yeah, we, no, I understand absolutely. At spot bloody on. Yeah, spot on. I like that. That's yeah. Like, we need to we need to stop ourselves doing. We need to post like when um. Oh wait, no, I'll do that in a minute. Let me finish one. Finish the stream of thought. So many thoughts tonight. Um, we need to as those as the people posting start being more authentic with our posts anyway and the social media platforms themselves have spoken up and said they are working on algorithms or they have worked on the algorithms to promote more authentic posts like they are if they are actively disliking or bumping down pictures with filters on of course there are influencers and people with massive followings that are using those filters they're still gonna come up but as the as the fan base of people that don't use that grows they're gonna start moving so you've got you've got two people with a similar fan base one posting authentic and one not the authentic one is going to be favored by the algorithm basically and mm-hmm. um, is the basic gist of it but as those posting we need to do our bit um to be less crap about what we post and being more real and understanding that it does have an impact like what you say and what you post on social media does have an impact but also yeah. as consumers of stuff on social media um I am, it, I'm sorry, best friends. It doesn't matter if you're my best friend. If you put just a pretty picture up with no substance, you ain't going to get a comment from me and you'll be very lucky if you get a like because I won't support content like that. It's yeah. not going to happen. And I've, I have to quite, I'm, I'm not afraid of the unfriend and the unfollow if they don't, if they, I will message. I'll be like, you're a really good friend. I'll talk to you face to face but your social media sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. You're like, great. friend on how well your social media sucks and I just can't support that. I need to unfollow or sometimes I just mute and things like that. If the content I just find absolutely atrocious yeah. um, and like for want of a better phrase, sometimes I don't feel like that it's savable. Yeah. <laughs> but if I really value the friendship, I'll, I'll try and have like a private conversation with them about it and be like this, yeah. I just can't support this. And me liking it is me supporting it. Um, exactly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I, that's not the world I want my daughter to grow up in. That's it. That's it. 
Um, so something else that I told you just before we went live that I'd really love to um, get into with you is the fact that Dion and I were talking about this and Dion and I both have have kids. Uh, Felicity's four, her daughter, oh crap, she's going to shoot me. I want to say like seven or eight. She's really mature, but she looks younger than I feel like she acts. She acts really mature and sensible. Um, so she's, she's definitely older than Felicity. So she's over four and I'm pretty sure under 13. <laughs> Sorry, Dion, don't hate me. Yeah. Um, but when kids behave really well, it really throws me off. <laughs> um, and we were talking about how we have become so much better at fighting for our rights, particularly our, like, our rights as women and what is okay as yeah. to be said to or about women since we've become mums of daughters. Yeah. And that we are much better at sticking up now it affects them than we ever were for ourselves yeah i just find it scary and but (laughs) but you you've like managed to jump that barrier and you're sticking up like sticking up for yourselves and sticking up how have you done it please tell me how like (laughs) um i've not always been like to be honest when i was a kid i um i was bullied in school i was uh as I've said before, a little bit bigger, a little bit curvier and hairier. And I've just, I guess my saying is from pain came power. Like I, I don't really know how I've done it, to be honest. I can't can't really put my finger on how I've done it, but I just know that it needed to happen. If that makes sense. There was just something in me that just said, you you need to do this. You need to go out and help someone else that might need it. Um, And I've, I've said even, you know, recently I've, unfortunately I sometimes talk to myself quite badly. Um, I would probably never say the things I've ever said to myself to a friend. I wouldn't have any friends. And I think that's, that's important as well. Like when you, especially for you, you girls, when you've got children, you know, you must, re- you must look back at some things that you've done as a youngster and go, oh God, you know, how did I allow that to happen? Or how did I allow that to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And similar with me, not obviously not the same. I'm not a parent, but I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. And some of the things that I've done in the past, I'm going, how did I not? How did I not realize my worth? How did I not realize that that wasn't okay? What that person did, or do you know what I mean? I question. I've questioned, like I said in the lockdown, I questioned so much about a lot of things that have happened to me. A lot of things that were out of my control, and other people that didn't have consent to do this kind of thing. And I, you know, I just had that that realization of that was not okay. I'm worth more than that. And I think when you have that realization, and it it can come at different times of people's lives I think you know lots of people have different lives and different things and things happen to them and obviously everyone's journey is different but for me myself it was during the lockdown I remember thinking oh my god this happened and that wasn't okay and how the heck did I allow that to happen and I wasn't having a go at myself but I was going I need to accept what's happened and I need to move on from that and I need to help other people that maybe be going through the same thing and I think it was kind of like a domino effect it was like one thing led to another to another to another so one realization led to another realization and then another led to another and I went actually I'm not gonna let this happen to me ever again for example when I was younger I I kind of I let guys take advantage of me quite a lot because I felt like that's what was accepted of, expected of me as a woman you know uh going up going to that you know oh women are there to look pretty and there to you know, please a man and all this malarkey. And now I would never do some of the things I did as a youngster because I realized that I'm worth more than that. And my energy is different. My whole persona is different now. And 
I don't think any of the guys that maybe approached me when I was younger would approach me now because they wouldn't one probably have the guts to and two they would know that my vulnerability isn't that at that level where they could and I just think that isn't discussed enough I know we're going on off a bit of a bit of tangent here but it all interlinks into the whole women don't know you pretty women don't know you anything movement that I'm doing from this great Britain it's it's so interlinked to all of that you know the choices that I didn't have as a child because they were taken from me and now me saying to other children you have a choice as well there's there's so much to it um, I'll probably be here all night <laughs> talking about it. There's a really interesting thing with like our generation. And I t- I mentioned this because um, I had someone message me about the mention because they love this podcast too. Um, um, uh, I think it was like a couple, maybe like four, three, four episodes ago, yeah. I mentioned the podcast Drama Queens. Um, yeah. And if any of you haven't heard it yet, uh, particularly if you're around our age group and grew up watching One Tree Hill, this is definitely one for you. Oh, yeah, I remember that program. So it's the three main women from One Tree Hill, um, yeah. the three main character, uh, female characters from One Tree Hill, going back, and they're on about, I think it's about seven episodes in, so it's quite new. They're going back and watching it from the beginning, and then they do a podcast. So they watch it live together. Not They don't film, they don't re- release them watching it, but they watch it all together on Zoom. Like They have their Zoom cameras on while they're all watching the episode, and then they record a podcast about it. Um, and they bring on some of the guests and stuff to talk about it. And to start with, I was like, I could do something a bit more fun. Like I listen to a lot of um, environmental related podcasts and it can be quite heavy. Even the fun, lighter ones can be quite heavy and like, oh crap, the, the planet's doomed. Um, so I was like, I want something a bit fun and light. This will be good. Um, and I did watch it. I watched it after it had been out quite a while, all of them on DVD. So probably a good, good few years after the final series actually aired, I went back and watched, rewatched them all. And, and so probably wasn't quite as influenced. I was like a few years older than in my teen years, but still I remember it thinking, oh, this is why I wasn't like popular at school or this is why I was bullied at school. I was, this is what I was meant to have been like. Maybe if I'd had like Sky TV and been able to like <laughs> like proper TV channels that I would have watched it and I'd have known how I was meant to be, like what was meant to be expected of me. Um, but they don't just, they talk about the funny things. They talk about the funny things about how scenes are set up and how everyone thinks kisses look really romantic, but how they're mm. really like staged and it's really awkward. But they also talked uh, talk about the lack of female representation within the production teams yeah. and within the script writing teams. They were like, they, they were like, we were, I think two, two of them were very new to acting. One of them had a little bit more of a foot in the door and had done a few more bits and pieces. Yeah. Whereas a couple of the guys had been around for a long time. They were much better at sticking up for themselves. They'd done quite a few things. They were, they were names already. Um, and but two of the, the three girls definitely weren't. And they were like, yeah. it took us a good few episodes to set, start sticking up saying, a girl wouldn't say this. A girl wouldn't act like this. A girl of this age, this girl, and they're like, we were still babies. They were in their early 20s when they were filming and and portraying, what was it, 15, 16-year-olds. And they were like, I wouldn't have done this as a 16-year-old. It's really funny. So the girl in, those who haven't watched One Tree Hill, the female that was probably branded the slutty one, hate that term but that was how she was portrayed and branded and they do give her a backstory eventually as to why she's that way but it takes a while 
she's so the opposite in real life she'd been like an all-girls boarding school or something like she was so the opposite so it was really interesting that she was like I always felt like I had to fight for my corner and my character's corner of this is not how teenage girls behave Mm, we are causing future problems I mean they could even see it then and it's like I think there was a few chat rooms about the show there wasn't the social media as it is now and they were like this is not okay and hair um they were like we were always if we came out of hair and makeup and we'd had our hair put up in a bun or a bunch or anything like that very quickly we were sent back it was always hair down Someone oh. said, always hair down. And the jeans, I don't know if you remember the jeans, how low they were. They were like... Oh, my God, yeah. It was quite scary. It was like... They hated it. They were like, yeah. these jeans that we were told to be put in, they were like, we had to go to bat for our costumes that we were like, this isn't appropriate. and um, mm. This isn't what girls would wear. This isn't how we should be portraying, like, teens and what we want teens to be idolising. They were already trying to go for bat, go to bat all those things and yeah. and obviously a lot of them are, I think at least two of them are now parents as well and, yeah. and they're talking about it from a different point of view and and Sophia Bush that it portrayed Brooke the slutty one um has another podcast like she is smart she is like uber geek smart um which is just not how I picture her at all until I listen to this podcast but it's so fascinating um to go and listen to it and think back through one watch how you would watch the show if you were a fan of the show but yes. also how the the people that are currently in their sort of 20s and 30s what we were brought up being portrayed on tv like it's getting better yeah like, it, it is but it, it was it's still we've still got a bit of time I think we've still got a bit we got, of work. we've got a long way to go like, yeah. we I feel like we are more understood that there's a problem Definitely. and I think that instead of tv shows being able to be the problem now it's more they're very clear like product plate uh, products are very clever now with how they use like influence sorry I feel like I'm bashing influencers a lot today but I'm sorry I really don't like it the industry at all uh, sorry not sorry um but it's they're very clever with how they use it now and how they start trends without you knowing it's really actually advertising that you're being advertised to yeah. um there was another campaign as well. We could really talk for hours, couldn't we? And there was a campaign. Um, it was. It was some. I need to put my phone up. It's all oh, crap. My phone's plugged in, so that didn't work for a second. It's Ooh. called something like "I Don't Buy That," um, and it was uh, which which one did I follow it on? Um, let me have a look. I'm pretty sure it's got no. We don't buy that or something along those lines. I searched for it recently and hoping it's in my search history. Um, or I don't buy that. I don't buy that. It was a hashtag. Oh, crap. Like, hate when all the best things come to me spontaneously. I can't find it. I, I will try and find it. And if I can find it, put it in the show notes. But it's like, I don't buy that or we don't buy that hashtag. And it was a campaign um, run by like a like a business or something um, um not not a pageant girl platform type thing not a pa- not a pageant contestant platform or anything and um, and it was about it was meant to encourage you and you had to set a timer for like 60 seconds and scroll through your instagram feed and count the number of times you were advertised to yeah 
and and then you were like encouraged and it was it was targeting teens and it was encouraging them to actually be aware of how often they are seeing adverts because like you do you stop and you're like oh it says sponsored but even it's more than that it's not just the posts that say sponsored it's like not just the ones that have hashtag ad in the post like we are constantly being promoted to and advertised to and and then you've also got the people that have paid for a product that are then giving it this amazing glowing review because they want to become an advertiser and influencer for that brand as well that you've got to be careful of as well it's it's like a fucking minefield (laughs) um and it's I guess it comes back to the awareness of why why are you then doing that like, yeah, if you are feeling like you have to contour your face, we were trying to do another look because you are you are just being sold to. I mean, if you would. None of us want to be brainwashed, but we seem to be quite willingly accepting brainwashing in this day and age. Yeah, definitely. 100 percent. I think I think people don't realize that it's happening. Do you know what I mean? Because it's so normalized now. It's almost like, you know, I I mean, I know girls myself who they they've posted before like um I think it was something along the lines of like she was she wanted to get a new haircut and then she posted two pictures of not even herself but two other people going with like short or long hair and under the caption she goes oh I wish I looked as good as them and they were obviously contoured and airbrushed and stuff and I messaged her saying look these people have done a photo shoot in a studio and they've been edited probably by a professional don't compare yourself and it's it's so weird because we we're so used to just ridiculing ourselves. Like, I don't know if you knew that I did Steph's pack lunch not long ago um, on channel four and they all took their makeup off for me to like, to like basically honor the movement that I'm doing for Miss Great Britain. And they were just ridiculing themselves the whole time. So I came on, I only had seven minutes to talk. Uh, and for me, that was hard because I'm a big talker, but <laughs> literally just they were, they were like beating themselves into the ground. And I, I remember thinking in my head, if I had longer, I would have sat there and got each and every one of them to say something positive about themselves because it really, it put, I'm not going to lie, it made me feel quite sad for them because I was like, I don't know if they were, again, I don't know if they were told to do this by the producer. I don't know. I never will know that. But I just felt like. I I wouldn't think it would be. I think that's our natural go-to because. Horrible, isn't it? We're so afraid. We're so afraid to actually say, you know what? I look good. You know, I've said that to someone before. You know what? I think, especially women, we're afraid to actually say, I look the bomb, because we're afraid that someone else will go, oh, that's a bit up yourself. We're so afraid of that. that we, we can't, yeah, we can't ourselves down. down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather dull myself down than say, you know what? I feel good today. I look like, you know, the shiz. And it's that whole, again, like you said, the brainwashing of, oh, my God, we've got to dull ourselves down. And it gets to the point where we actually believe what we're hearing and we believe what we're saying. And, it, you know, I had I think it was Vogue Williams and uh, Steph herself. They were saying not very nice things about themselves. And I was thinking, this isn't good. Like, do you know what I mean? And one of them was like, oh, I look crap. I look like and I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, and I think you're right. I think it was just literally like it was almost like programmed into them to do that because if they didn't do that and they said oh I look the bomb and I look amazing they'll get told that they're either a slut I hate the word too or either too up themselves I think if a woman is too outspoken she's bossy and if a man is too outspoken he's courageous and brave and it's like no 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 we're an equal playing field you know you get bossy men you get bossy women of course you do we're humans but you also get courageous women and courageous men 
I do not let anyone call my kid bossy. And I sometimes <laughs> wrong. Sometimes she is bossy, but she is gonna hear it enough yeah. from other people in her life. While yeah. I'm in earshot, no one will call my child bossy. They can call her assertive, and we say instead of if she's bossing people around a little bit, I say, darling, we need to rein in a little bit of the assertiveness that other people <laughs> I love it. do. That's like, I am so careful with my words and people are like, crikey, you're a bit into it. And it's just like, have you not Absolutely. seen the world she's growing up into? I've been preparing her for war. No, yeah, like, exactly. I'm, I'm, and I'm just talking to a friend about this earlier, just parenting in general, but I'm raising a future adult. Yes. I need exactly. to give her the ability to well, where do you think it starts from? It. it starts from childhood. Everything that we have learned and everything that we believe to a point is in our inner child and we've and it's come to with us. Like, let's say the ridiculing for me or the bullying, that stuff has come to with me to my adulthood because I was told enough times that I was this, that I was that, that I was that, that I was crap, that I was this. And I ended up believing it. So yeah. you, what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And from all the traumatized kids out there, including myself, thank you for not being an ass and actually being, uh, you, do you know what I mean? I think what you're doing is great. And I just want to shed light on that, that more people should be doing what you do because yeah, she's going to hear it from a lot of people, bossy, this, that, and the other. But if she hears it from her nearest and dearest, that actually, no, you're assertive. It's resilient. Like you said, you are raising a future adult. This person is not going to be a child forever. If they hear certain negative words constantly they are going to believe that and they're going to act like that and she's now not with me yeah. she's now not with me as much as well as of today so the day we are recording this because this is going out next week and quite awesome. often it's months turn around and it just happens to be that this is actually going out quite soon after we're recording it's quite nice awesome. um, but uh, today is her first proper day at school suddenly I have a seven hour block five days a week that's 35 less hours of me filling her with positive affirmations because I would get people be like oh but she's you you need to give her a balanced view and I was like no the world will balance it out trust me I am here to do the positive I am here to fill her with words that she is smart that she is worthy that she is generous that she is kind and I still the first word I'll always go to when I compliment her and it kills me is beautiful or pretty and I'm sod that she is beautiful and she is pretty, but screw that for a compliment. I don't yeah. want it. I want to. So when I say it, I follow it up with like at least three of the other ones. You're really strong. You're really brave. You're really kind. You're really, yeah. you're really generous. Like, it, and so I often end up having to compliment her quite a lot because the first thing that comes out of my mouth will be pretty or beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> choke on it as it comes out. And, and then I have to correct it. But she, we do a lot of, I'll say, start a sentence off and she knows to finish it. Nice. So that she's learning like positive affirmations. Oh, that's amazing. And, oh my God. Like, you you are literally legend. Oh. Mom. Like, I think that is brilliant. Cause I think, especially in our generations, I think we didn't have that. I mean, I didn't have that growing up, and I think I that, that. we we sound like we had similar reflective. <laughs> That's what I mean. But like you, I'm going to probably be like you. Like, and I want to be like you when I'm a parent. I'm not going to lie. Goodness. Like, we've got. The I'm listening to you in awe. Yeah, exactly. But I really, honestly, I'm really glad that we've met because, yeah, you are what I would love to be as a parent because you've been through hardships. You know what it's like, so you know that you would never ever put a negative light on your child and I'm actually getting goosebumps just thinking about it like you are awesome and I'm just really grateful that I met you because 
yeah, there needs to be more parents out there like you because it does start from when you're a child and your parents and what they do. That's what people don't understand. And the more that we don't talk about that kind of thing, the more that these kids that have been traumatized like us won't go out and actually make differences and changes and put those boundaries down because they won't feel brave enough to do that. I'm 31 and I've only just started doing that now. All through my 20s, I was too afraid to do that. And it was so sad because I've wasted my youth caring about what other people think and putting oh, myself last. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, I was the same. Yeah. My late 20s um, was when I really started to push in being who I really was. Yeah. And it's Me too. through lockdown. I've probably, the amount of deep work I've managed to do through lockdown is probably about six, the six years prior. And um, yes. the amount of work I've managed to do in lockdown is one, definitely been the biggest no one of the biggest benefits for me and and our family and it was I was being me but I was still turning the volume of me down finding it freaking exhausting and I'm like I don't care any I just don't care (laughs) and I because I was generally finding people will feel if you are not being authentically you People will feel it whether they realise it or not. 100%. And yeah, 100%. even when you are turning yourself down, they will like, imagine you sit and you have a conversation with someone and you just know they're being really, really fake. Yeah. Even if you are not intending to be fake or a liar or whatever it is, that there's like sixth sense for fakeness and liars will still be going off whether they realise yeah. it or not. There will be some funny little taste in their mouth about you. Um, yeah. And I was finding by being turned down, yeah. I was still like people felt like I was people pleasing, even though I was being myself just on a lower volume. And I was like, screw that, I'm not doing it anymore. And that's what exactly like me. And I think that's what I was like when I did Miss Miss Great Britain last time. I was just, yeah, I was toning myself down. I was dulling myself down because I was too afraid to be like, you know what? I feel like amazing and I want to do this and that and the other. I wanted to be myself. For the fear of being, I know sounds ironic, of being judged, not just by the judges, but everyone else. And I really shouldn't have cared. And I think it does come with age. And especially if someone has been through hardships and has been through trauma, like it comes with that as well, that you realise that's not what you want in your life. And you realise that's not what you want from yourself. And yeah, people can sense when someone's being false. I know for a fact, if I've met someone and I know that they're not 100% being themselves, I can tell straight away, I'm going, there's something not right. And my um reaction to their energy will not be fully myself because I'm a bit I'm a bit wary but if I've got someone who's completely themselves and they put themselves out on a on, on a whim for me I will do the same for them and the more that people do that the more that other people will actually latch onto that energy and do it as well like me and you right now we're talking so openly and honestly about stuff mm-hmm. and somebody who hopefully will be listening to this will go oh yeah this is awesome like I feel more empowered to, you know and again it's what it's all about and I do feel like I've said it before, it starts from adolescence. Like they need to have lessons in schools where they actually teach people that the way you look is okay. It doesn't matter if you're tall, short, long, fat, doesn't matter. It's what you've got inside. It's cheesy as anything, but it's true. And it's that simple. And the more that we talk about this sort of thing and the more that we actually engage with children, young children, I'm going into schools. This is one of the things I'm doing is I'm going into schools. Funnily enough, I'm going into my old school next week and I'm doing just that. I'm talking about my story and I'm talking about positivity. And it's funny, isn't it, that they haven't got a lecture on this. They're getting an outsider to do it. I should not be going in to do this. They should have members of staff who have got some background in training in mental health or some sort of behavioural training. They should be doing this. They shouldn't be waiting until a guest like myself. I mean, I'm honoured that I'm able to do it, but 
they should have that implemented in their course anyway. So do you know what I mean? It's just, it's ludicrous that it's not. It's ludicrous that they're waiting until their sixth form age, which is what, 17, 18, to do this lecture. The whole school should be in that lecture with, next week with me and we should all be listening to it because the younger kids is where it starts, yeah. <laughs> not the older kids. It's the younger ones that we need to be talking to about this, really, because they're the ones that, they're getting targeted by this crap that you know what I mean that influences this that and the other and you know I get um weirdly because I talk about influence a lot a lot in my interviews I get um adverts about influences and one of them was like become an influencer and in my head I was thinking I would rather you know not pardon pull my earlobe off (laughs) I was gonna say I was gonna say I'd rather poke myself with a pen but um (laughs) trying to be sort of modest in this in this I interview rip out my own toenails that's to it honest. honestly I'd rather stick a cactus somewhere if I'm honest because honestly I just think you know what this is an influencer like you said we influence people every day and someone said to me the other day with all my movement about no makeup they go oh you're an influencer and I said no I'm not I'm not an influencer please don't call me that I'm an inspirer I'm somebody who just I want to inspire. I don't I want, want to inspire to. and motivate and support and educate and, and all of that. I'd rather be, you do know what I mean? I, I would not want to be an influencer. No, thank you. Um, I showcase, I mean, this is something I didn't do back in the day and that's showcase my imperfections on social media I and mean, talk about my mental health. Now I'm hundred percent, you know, people are going to get the good, the bad and the ugly parts of me. They're not just going to get the perfect airbrushed part of me. Yeah. And there's something just so beautiful about vulnerability like honestly I love vulnerability I love when people show that to me and I love just I cry on social out. media all the time and I got people yeah. saying you pretty much cry in like every single one of your lives and I was like there's yeah. enough people out there putting perfect up there I'm just balancing it. it out <laughs> exactly. no exactly and if and if that's the emotion you're feeling at the time you shouldn't feel ashamed to do that you know you should be, be able to be able to feel comfortable enough to do what you want to do um, well, so, we're so afraid of our emotions. That is definitely. Oh God! Yeah. Like, oh I, yeah. Oh, I can't be caught crying. Oh yeah. It's, it's just so. Yeah. It, again, like emotions, said, emotions are seen as weakness because we're female yeah. women and naturally known as being more emotional than men, and so we're dramatic. We're always meant. To, we're always show. We're always told that we're the drama, the drama attention seekers, and all oh, you cry and oh, are you on your? If I start crying, are you on your period? No, I'm just crying. Leave me alone. It's just that whole ideation, isn't it? Oh, you know, it, oh, anyway, I mean, like I, I said, like, I, I like to make them feel really awkward by being like, oh, no, I've got PCOS. I don't actually ovulate properly. <laughs> yes. And it shuts them up very quickly because I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do with oh, that. What do I, do? I, I always go, I always just give them funny looks and just go, yeah, not my period. I'm just an emotional person. Um, I just I'm, know I'm, how to process my feelings. Thanks. Yeah. I should be allowed to do that wherever. I mean, I'm again, I'm so open on social media now, probably a little bit too open actually, but that's fine. Um, because I just think that my struggle or my story or whatever could hopefully help someone else who's been through the same thing as me. Do you know what I mean? If I'm there being honest and, you know, in interviews such as the Metro that you would have seen, the Daily Mail, all of that that I've done, I'm always honest. I'm always like, you know what? Yes, I have mental health issues. I'm fine with that. That's part of me. You know, that's okay. Um, and it means that it's it's mental health is being discussed as well openly. It's all it's all about that. You know, I think in one of the interviews I discussed about my um, diagnosis, which is borderline personality disorder, um, and I'm more than happy to talk about that openly. I'm more than happy to discuss it and disclose what it is and talk about it on a level because I just don't think people enough people talk about any of that. And 
it's quite dangerous that we don't. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, you know, and I, when people say to me, oh, you're doing so well, I am doing so well, but I also still have my demons just like everybody else, which which I'm fighting. And I'm putting them on the forefront to showcase this because if I'm fighting these demons openly, it might help someone else who's fighting them too. Like yourself, I'm a survivor of suicide attempts. I've, you know, when I was younger, I went through a really horrible time and I've come out the other side stronger, like yourself, more resilient and more understanding of myself and other people. Mm. And again, being so honest about that sort of thing means that there might be someone else that's listening to this or someone else who sees this and goes, oh, okay, it's okay to feel those feelings because suicide is such a taboo. It still is. It still is such a taboo. And as a mental health worker myself, I see it all the time. I hear it all the time. And to say that I'm going out in the community and supporting people with this is amazing. But there's also that taboo of, you know, somebody who's reaching out for help. You know, do you know what I mean? Sometimes people, I don't do this, but a lot of people get laughed at if they talk about mental health, you know, and I've been laughed at before and I've been um, discriminated before. You know, there was a local charity to me um, that actually didn't give me a volunteer position because of my mental health. And I thought that was absolutely disgusting, you know, that I was open about myself. And this is another thing I will add that discrimination is out there and it, it's it's live and kicking, you know, that I was honest about my mental health and I was honest about what I'd been through in lockdown to help other people on this on this video podcast that we were doing. And I then applied for a volunteer position through this organisation and they said very openly that because of my mental health and because I diag- I disclosed my diagnosis of BPD, I wasn't a stable enough volunteer. And I have to say, I, d- I did hit the, hit the roof because I thought that you cannot say that. As a, particularly as opposed to someone that may also have mental health that is not doing any of the work to, uh, kind of think of the right word, to care for that, to support their mental, like the person yeah. living it, as opposed to the person that's in complete denial. Like, <laughs> what and you've I meant I mentioned about the the drama queens podcast which I think has sparked is it's a fun listen to but it's sparked some really interesting conversations but yeah. the other one that I found quite interesting at the moment and I just thought I liked it because the funny songs was um crazy ex-girlfriend on um Netflix and oh my I, god she has BPD and it's really bad because it, that's what people think people like B, with BPD is that I like <laughs> But there's a song in there that I I somehow missed it in the actual episode. And it's only because I've been listening to the playlist on Spotify. And they do have some really interesting I, I, interesting conversations around mental health and that. But there's one specific convers- song on there that really links to what we're talking about. And it's um, Be Sexy Just For Yourself. Put a hole in your ear. Like, get your ears pierced just for yourself. Yeah, put a hole in your ear just for yourself. Get a tattoo on your lower back just for yourself. And the other voice in the song is going but I can't see my lower back. Put on sexy heels just for yourself. Well, if it's for myself, shouldn't I be comfortable? Oh, no, no. Be, be like, confident just for yourself. Be sexy for him just for yourself. And she's like, well, if I'm being sexy for him, and then I'm not being, like, putting myself first. Like, it's this, the whole song. Of, I think it's literally called um, Be Sexy Just For Yourself, but it's really worth the listen to the song. Awesome. Um, I'm now going to go and find what the song title is called as well. Um but I can't, I, I need to go back and watch the programme and see the actual, where the song was in the show. Um, and obviously, if you're under 18, um, this is definitely an over 18 rated programme. <laughs> There's definitely explicit lyrics. 
So watch it with a parent, check with a parent, because obviously I know we have quite, we do have a young audience on here. Um, But it's just the words in this song. I mean, it's a really, you're like, oh, this is a really funny song. And then you're like, actually, I've, this is like scarily close to the truth. Yeah, I was going to say, when you were saying the lyrics, I was like, damn, that's deep. Like, I, yeah, man, that's that's deep. Because, yeah, um, I'm going to have to check that out because oh. I, I've not actually seen it. But I know that the main character has got BPD and they're basing that on the condition and the diagnosis. And, it, yeah, there's a lot of stigma around BPD. Um, and But it's interesting that that song's in there. I'll definitely listen to that. That sounds cool. I, there, I mean, it's, it's a show done for entertainment, but I think there's some very interesting clever things in nice i'll have to check it out i've I've heard of it i've heard good things about it i'll have to check it out because i think i started watching it and then i must have fallen asleep the like episode one and then i just never i kind of almost forgot that i was watching it the next day so i'm gonna have to check that out because yeah it does it's got some good ratings actually and a couple of friends have said that it's good but um the way that it portrays mental health i've heard I, i mean i've not seen it but the way that it like showcases someone with bpd is just not the way that we all are, if that makes sense. Like there's so many different combinations to the to the um, diagnosis, but it's funny how, again, social media and the press and uh, TV and stuff portrays certain things. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's weird, isn't it? Like, again, I'm going to go off the cuff a little bit on it, but I just think that's, it's kind of strange, you know, that, you know, they, they, it's a bit like the people off of Love Island. Everyone assumes that these girls are dumb and, whatever because of the way they look but actually a lot of them are probably pretty clever and a lot of them are probably you know they've got careers and they've done things and stuff and it's a similar thing with um mental health diagnosis they think oh you're schizophrenic you must be crazy you must be violent not all schizophrenics are bpd i'm supposed to be violent myself but i'm I'm not um i'm quite outspoken and whatever whatever but i'm not i've never go out and hurt somebody but media and you know i think tiktok is TikTok, they've, there's this BPD kind of like trend at the moment, and it's really insulting to people who have mental health issues. This whole thing, yeah. um, it's the same with anything, you know. Oh, anxiety. You you assume someone who's got anxiety maybe doesn't leave the house, or you know, OCD. Or they must have OCD. They must want everything tidy. Not. It's not always about the outside. It's sometimes what's in your head that's the OCD. And there's just so much complexity when it comes to mental health and when it comes to body image body dysmorphia I've suffered with body dysmorphia I'm happy to say that um I had bulimia when I was younger I was 19 and I was making myself sick because I felt like again I had to please other people and I had to um look a certain way to please other people and it came from the bullying from the school and and the way I looked at school I wanted to look different and yeah it's just so you know eating disorders when you think of that as well it's again it's another mind-blowing sort of taboo in itself do you know what I mean it's it's all very again interlinking and difficult to discuss on I mean I'm happy to discuss it but do you know what I mean a lot of people find it difficult to discuss and it really shouldn't be a taboo it really shouldn't be undiscussed because I'll say it again these discussions that we're having could save a life that's how you know up there it is and you know if it does that's amazing and even if somebody is listening to this and thinks oh you know i feel hopeless I feel like this they might actually go out and get help or reach out to one of us and that's going to be amazing you know and it's because we have we've been speaking about certain things that maybe some people don't want to speak about or maybe some people don't feel I mean I felt ashamed at one point to speak about my mental health I hid it for so long because Mm -hmm. I was ashamed of what people would say and that's 
that's crap. I shouldn't have to feel like that. And yeah, it's the whole thing about, um, you know, being open about it. And, we, you know, ITV, let's say, for an instance, they were talking so much about how we need to be open about mental health, be kind and all that malarkey. And then you've got, you know, Piers Morgan slagging off um, Meghan Markle on TV. It's just so, you know, society is telling us, do this, but do it like this. Do this but do it like this. And a bit like with my um, job, uh, not job, my um, volunteer position that I wanted to go for. I was honest about my mental health because I didn't need, shouldn't need to be ashamed of that. And they capped me off the, um, you know, the, the panel because of my BPD. And I just, and I think I said something along the lines of, oh, it's not like I um, work full time, manage my own music career and manage my Miss GB campaign, is it? Like, that's literally how I left it. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm that unstable that I'm running all of this by myself. And, you know, you're looking at the diagnosis and you're basing my whole existence on my mental health. I always say that I have mental health. Mental health doesn't have me. And it's true. Like lots of people that will experience mental health issues or they know someone who has. That person isn't defined by their past or what they've done with their mental health. And yeah. It's again. That's probably another discussion in itself. We've got, we've gone on a tangent, which is great. Oh, we are. We're going to do a dig deep in debate. We're going to do a mental health link specifically into pageantry as well. Um, oh, that sounds. Oh, that that sounds amazing. That sounds interesting. I'll definitely be listening to that one. That sounds cool. We've got. There's two of us that are definitely going to be in it, and there's. A, I'm trying to bring a third in, so we've got lots of different perspectives because it is. There's so many. I mean, we've referenced a couple of things there, but there are so many. Just so many legs and arms. Oh my god, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? There's just so many layers to this, um, and it's it's just it's awesome that we've had these discussions tonight. I do appreciate your time and you know having these discussions with me and stuff. I think it's awesome that we're very like minded. I can tell. I've never met you in person, but I can tell that we are very like minded. We probably have similar experiences, and we've learned from those. And it's just nice. You just got a really nice energy about you, and I'm really grateful for your time today. And yeah, it's been really nice. I've felt really calm and you know some interviews can be quite stressful because you don't know how you're going to say or what you're going to say and you've made me feel really comfortable in this so thank you for that oh thank you for being here it's there needs there does need to be more conversations about this I mean I the reason people say oh why do you stick around in pageantry because now I've sort of postponed competing again as well and they're like why do you sort of stick around I said because I think I believe there's a very a need for it to create a safe space for women where we can learn and grow and develop where we are cheering each other on I do think we have issues in the UK industry um, yeah. that need to be addressed I do think there's still a, too much false falsity I don't think that's a word but I'm going with it, um, I'm <laughs> with just, it anyway I'm, I'm dyslexic I'm going with it um, I'm dyslexic too yeah, yeah. extra time and exams name it I had it <laughs> yeah I'm like I and I kind of how else can we bring young women together, make them feel safe and comfortable and be like, it's okay if you want to talk about things. Like you might've come here for like the pretty dresses and the fun adventures and meeting new friends. Well, now you've got us as friends and as friends, we're gonna say, let's talk about the harder stuff. Let's learn about things. And it's like, yes, I know some people just want to come in for the light fluffy stuff, but that's not the world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. Yet, <laughs> it'd be nice eventually if we could. But um, I, I, yeah, I think like we've said, the there has been improvements. Um, there's been improvements in um, in in representation in TV shows and things like that. But this yeah. is like such a teeny tiny way. And what will happen is, um, 
they will keep finding other clever ways of getting around it. If they can't put it in like a scripted TV show anymore, and um, they will slide it into to social media. And we need to be careful that we're not like drinking the Kool-Aid and then spewing it out all over social media ourselves for someone else to drink it all in. Yeah. Um, we we can be the solution. We can we definitely be a big way. We we can't wait for these platforms to become the solution. We have to be the solution ourselves. And um, and I think we've we've mentioned social media so much because I think there is it plays such such a massive part now. Like yeah. how many people actually read physical paper magazines anymore? Like the like from this like young teen, the new generations coming through that are gonna get have to deal with the worst of this brunt of the this issue kind of thing. And um, they are consuming on social media. And um, that's where they're getting this, that's where they're seeing this, and that's where we need to. For me, that's where I believe we need to make the changes and be really, really careful with it. And oh, we've just touched. I'm, I'm going to listen back through this and come up with like 28 different podcast episodes that we need yeah, to. Yeah, that's, that's to always start. good. Right, that's good. That's always good. Why not? Um, yeah, it's it's an incredible topic, and, and I'm hoping everyone that's listened to this, and um, among the many things I hope you take away from this, is that you really think about what what is your makeup masking. What are you trying to cover up? What are you trying to be? And, yeah. and it might be that you go, actually, like me, I, actually, I still want to cover up the holes in my eyebrows. I'm not going to change doing that. Um, but I could not, apart from having a professional photo shoot, I could not tell you the last time I actually put full makeup on. Oh, no, 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 I can tell you. Um, it was when I last competed. <laughs> Over, over a year it was March 2020 that was the last time I put actual makeup on that wasn't okay. for a photo shoot I was going on stage and then the finals afterwards I had my makeup done for the finals afterwards and um, but when I went to and um, the only pageant that I've been back to post-covid and um, when I did I went to Miss Eco Miss Environmental and um, I did my own makeup and I didn't put I didn't contour yeah and in contour um I didn't put full full even full coverage foundation on I used I think I used my foundation because my concealer's running out um but I literally put a little bit on um a couple of little red patches and probably a little bit under the dark circles because I've had a few late nights <laughs> Nothing and, wrong with that. that's it if you know do you know what I mean like I still you know I haven't worn makeup for a while but I I know that when I wasn't wearing makeup, when I, when I was, I was having fun with it. So like with the um, with the lockdown up, at, when the lockdown ended, the last time I wore makeup was at a gig in um, uh, the in the Guildford. It was a Pride gig, and I went all out. I'm not going to lie, I wore loads of makeup and I wore eyelashes and hair and everything. But I was doing it for me, and it felt so much better. I have to say, like it's just so like liberating. I feel so much freer just doing it for myself. And yeah, like with yourself, like you know more power to you good for you for you know I'm sure your skin probably feels better as well after not wearing it for a while oh my skin feels amazing like yeah I was gonna say right my skin feels like I sometimes still get spots but not as much as I did when I was wearing makeup all the time I feel like my skin's just going thank god like thank you for letting me breathe so um, happy it's so happy um, at the moment my skin and I say that I don't want people sitting there thinking oh you're just lucky to have good skin Oh, remind, sorry, I have a very creaky chair. That is not my bottom. That is the chair. Oh, no, I, have, I normally sit on a chair like that um, downstairs. 
I've literally got the WD-40 on my desk to sort it out, but I can't work out which joint causes the creaks, so that's something for the weekend. Um, But I I have been through two rounds of Raractane, the acne on my back, um, that was the same on my face, but the stuff on my back was so bad, I couldn't lean back against a hard surface, that's how bad it was, and I had the same on my on my and um, on my face and um, also because of my PCOS get excessive hair growth on my face which I don't I don't want there it's not something I want to embrace like I said listen to the other podcast about that and um, so hair removal is obviously going to irritate the skin as well so I have issues with that and um, I don't as much now but um, I have a dairy intolerance and so if dairy had crept in it would flare stuff up as well oh, now I get that vegan have less of a problem and also there's less hormones in my food now because I'm vegan um but I don't natural quote unquote naturally have good skin and it is so much happier that I so rarely wear makeup. Like I yeah. get compliments all the time now. Oh, your skin's like glowing. You're like, you have such good skin. And I'm like, yeah, just stop wearing makeup. There you go. <laughs> Problem solved. Drink some water. Stop wearing makeup. Done. Because this is the, I mean, from a health point of view, it's the biggest organ. And um, oh, one more thing before we go, because I know we've like run on forever. Because um, as someone that works in the health and fitness industry, that is one of the things that does concern me about things like makeup, these clothes that like contour us. Like I, I was thinking, oh, great. I want to wear that like skimpy little dress. I'm going to go and get those extra pair of spanks and hold it in and sculpt it in. And I put them on and I take them off before I leave my house. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. I can't dance. I can't breathe. I just can't deal with the discomfort of it anyway and, and give up. But all those kind of things we are trying to make our bodies look healthier. We're trying to make our skin look, we want that healthy glow. We want to look like we've got the defined cheekbones of a certain body fat percentage. Like we are trying, we are putting stuff on top of ourselves to try and make ourselves look healthier. And with that is the fact that all that time and effort you're putting into putting stuff on the outside, trying to make yourself look healthier, you're not actually working on anything to make yourself healthier from the inside. Health comes from the inside. And yes, unfortunately, we can't fix every skin problem with just from the inside, but there is a lot more than we can do. Um, I was never given any nutritional guidance before they whacked two rounds of Roaccutane in me. And, and anyone that's been on Rakutane will tell you it is hideous. There is a huge um, issue with mental health with um, when you're on it. Um, yeah. A huge increase in, um, in suicide attempts and self-harm and depression and stuff when you're on it. You can't get pregnant when you're on it because of severe birth defects. This is not a nice drug. This no. is not something you want to be going on until you have tried everything. And don't get me wrong, I completely understand how... And bad skin can affect your mental health. Like I've been there, but there is not enough nutritional and health advice being given before they whack this drug on you. Um, And it's it's scary because it doesn't seem to have improved from when I was on it. It was like 10 years ago. My second round was 10 years ago. So my first round was before that. And there's not enough, there's still not enough being done now. There's still not people being offered any nutritional and, and health guidelines before they pump you full of this toxic chemical and um, which is just not and just not so 
please, 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 whether it's your makeup or anything, um, we talk, I think we've talked in general about a lot of masking that as women we do. If you feel like in any way you are masking, um, misshape, not misshaping, reshaping your face, reshaping your body by something with something external, um, then please think about your why. I think would be the big take. Think about why you feel like you're needing to do that, but understand that you, for your health, for your mental and physical health, you need to be trying to do those changes from the inside. And definitely, definitely, hundred percent. That I mean, that's something that I would would definitely say. Yeah, thumbs up with that one. That confidence and that comes from within. You know, I'm probably a bit bigger than I was maybe even last year but I'm more confident than I'm than I was last year it all is about what's inside like mentally and how you're feeling mentally more than the outside and yeah I can't stress exactly what you've said enough with that that part that absolutely 100% and that needs to be discussed more as well that's another podcast for you right there that's another podcast right there um that's so it. thank you everyone everyone for listening um and congratulations if you made it all the way through to the end because it's been a long uh-huh, yeah. these deep and debate ones do seem to be the long ones i think i think patty is the longest one i think i think i clocked a two-hour one with patty at one point but um this is definitely definitely up there um and because i don't edit i top and tail and that is it you get these podcast episodes raw and real um but where can we find you on social media so i'm on instagram um funny enough i'm on instagram um as, even if we've been like slagging off the influencers I'm, I'm on there as well not as an influencer though um my hashtag is um well my handle is um l celine official I'm also on Twitter at El Celine and also on Facebook, El Celine. Um, yeah, if you like what you heard, please do follow me and I'll follow you back and yeah, reach out if you need to. And thank you again um, for your time today. It's been really, really nice chatting to you, Jess, you legend. And yeah, I hope, hope, uh, hope to speak to you soon again. And yeah, thank you again for having me. It's been really cool. Been awesome. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.